0: you'd move, um, this morning to speak to our hearts and to change our hearts and our minds and, and to keep us from, uh, slipping or falling or, or stumbling, but just to keep our eyes fixed and focused on you and that you'd minister Lord here and give us eyes to see and ears to hear as you, as you, uh, use this time to, to see us mature and grow, God. So we pray we would do that this morning, and we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 10, um, we're only going to be going through a little less than half of it this morning. Um, It's kind of a a continuation, in a sense, uh, of the theme started in chapter 8, and then into chapter 9. Chapter 8, of course, was dealing with uh, eating of meats offered to idols, something we deal with every day, right? Meats offered to idols. And I know you all stumble with that. And if we asked the church, uh, we'd have it 50, 50, because this is such a controversial issue here in the church. No, but it brings light to a much bigger situation that is, is relevant for today. Because if it's not meat offered to idols, it's something else. There's always something, right? And Paul's, basically said meat offered to idols is nothing because idols are nothing like they mean nothing false gods are not gods at all they're figments of man's imagination right they're they're actually nothing to them at all but being as some people did have issue with it knowing that it was done in this kind of a practice in this kind of a place so you know we've uh, seeing that this meat was offered, it was slaughtered and, and it was used for a bad thing. I don't want anything to do with those kind of practices. People had issue with it and it makes sense that they did, right? For some people, it just wasn't a thing they could handle like this. I can't be anywhere near this. I used to be, especially the people who are like, I used to be sucked up in idolatry and this is how I lived my life and, and I don't want anything to do with this. And why even was there meat? From this, from the altars, well, because you know they would take a portion and they would burn it as an as a sacrifice, and then a portion would go to the the priests and a portion would go to the people, and so a lot of times the priests would sell it, and they'd even have like a restaurant kind of setting where you could come and eat the meat, and you or you could buy it in the market at a discounted rate, right? And we'll do anything for a discount, right? You go, go to great lengths, you drive uh, an hour to save $5, you know, and you're like, there's some math that needs to be done there, you know, like, because unless you're driving an electric car, you know, then I don't know if you're going to make that $5 might be anyway. So, uh, but there, that was like kind of the whole issue. And then Paul seemingly changes gears in chapter nine. And he's like, well, you know, I could ask for, you know, to be compensated, but I've chosen not to do that. I have every right to, for that. I'm, I'm worthy of the wages. I've chosen not to do that for your sake. This is all connected because it's part of saying like, I, it's not about my freedoms or my rights. It's about you and how that affects you. And Corinth, the Christians were absolutely like, they just love their rights and their freedoms. And they, um, were so proud about it and they loved all the borderline stuff because they're so free and they're so smart and, and they've got it. They really understand it, but they weren't willing to give anything up for the people around them. Knowing very well that it was hurting them and it was bothering them. They're like, oh, just grow up. So Paul's like, you can't do that. People are more important than your rights or your freedoms. And if there's anything that's in the way of that, then, then it is an idol it is a it is a god in your life. So this stuff it's this is not where you need to be. This is not fruitful. This is not it's not a freedom anymore. It's become an idol. So, kind of starting with all of that, continuing on, he kind of picks up with that theme again. Uh it takes a while to understand it, but it's in there, okay? So he says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. He says, I don't want you guys, please, I don't want you to be unaware. The children of Israel saw some stuff, right? This is, this is beyond the whole plagues thing, Right? <laughs> Where, like, there was these plagues that kept happening. And, and, like, God was, like, unleashing an assault on Pharaoh to get them to be free. Like, he was showing his, how magnificent he was. I mean, it got down to the, the 10th, and it was the horrific Passover. Which, of course, we now see can see in the light of, of Christ. And see, it was, it was a type of the one that was to come, right? The blood that covered and, and saved the family. And so... They had seen all of that. And then, of course, they had been led out of Egypt where they were captives, where they were, they were not going anywhere. They were stuck there. God's people were in bondage. And all the fathers, as they crossed over, had this cloud that, was, that there was covering them and leading them on, right? It was a cloud by day and a pillar by night. And what did those two things speak to? I mean, spoke to, first of all, God is with us. Good to know, right? Because sometimes you're like walking, and you're like, I do it with kids all the time. I'm just, I'll just be walking, and I'm like assuming they're right next to me. And all of a sudden, you turn around, and you're like, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> where are they? You know? And they're like, you know, they're close. They're really close. <laughs> they're they're just on the other side, right? Yeah, no. But you just kind of keep on walking, and you start thinking about things, and you're like, okay, that was. Weird, I'm not, no longer what I was next to, you know, I thought that I was in the same, sp- I thought we were together, you know, anyway. So, for them to wake up every day, there was, the cloud was, in a sense, I mean, it was important, they're in the desert, right? So the cloud brought cooling, it brought provision, and it showed God is with them. He's going to be with them. And we're going to see in a second that Jesus Christ is, is with them, they can say the rock, the water, he's with them. So they have that, and they all pass through the sea, right? The Red Sea, which was an intense scene, right? (laughs) It was walled up water on each side, and they're passing through on dry land. Which is, you know, after it's been raining, you know, there's there's no dry land. That's why we couldn't play softball. The land wasn't dry, you know. And it just stopped raining. We're talking about the Red Sea, right? With like some 40-foot walls of water or whatever on each side. And they passed through that onto dry land, onto the other side. Not only did they experience that, but they watched as the pursuing Egyptians are then swallowed up by that same sea. They had seen some stuff, right? This is, they, man, you're like, you ask the people of Israel, do you guys think God's real? I don't know, you know? I've had some weird stuff happen in my life that, you know, could go either way. Yeah, that seems like that makes sense he says all were baptized into moses in the cloud and the sea meaning they were part of what god was doing there and moses we know was the one that was called out and he was leading that and he says all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was christ what was the spiritual food that they were eating of Manna from heaven, some two million people being fed in the middle of the wilderness. What? <laughs> how do you feed this many people? I don't know how to feed five people. It's like getting expensive, right? You know, how do you feed millions of people in the middle of the wilderness? They were fed supernaturally. Again, is God real? I don't know. I just know food shows up every morning and there's enough. I, I, you know, water water's kind of an issue in the desert, right? Well, it's, yeah, you hit the rock and then the water comes out. Is God real? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I just know if you hit rocks, water will come out. This is not the case, right? You can hit a lot of rocks and it doesn't do anything, right? It's pro- yeah. Contrary to prior belief, I was talking to Jim about this, fixing cars. You just hit it, right, Jim? Yeah, you just hit it. If it's a problem, you just... Hit it and then it works, right? That's how electronics work. You must hit them. That's bad advice. Okay, don't do that. Um, yeah, anyway. But the, they were fed with this spiritual food and drink. God was clearly with them. You would think that in their mind they'd say, like, what can God not do? Like, this, this is so Unreal but what we're going to see in the children of Israel is something that is absolutely true for them to us for all generations is that man's heart is so easily turned away. It is so easy for us to forget everything and become so fixated on something so stupid and minuscule. This is humanity. Like we, we, it be, you know, and we'll, we see that and we're going to see it in a second. But if you've been reading through the Bible readings, you're keeping up. By the way, if you aren't, just jump back in. Start whatever. If you're feeling like, I'll never catch up. Just jump back in again. Don't give up. It's worth reading. Okay? Keep doing it. Just keep going. And and there's no judgment. It's just, man, it's good to be in the word. Okay? So just do it. Uh, start today. But if you've been going through, you've been seeing, you know, all through the Pentateuch. It, it is really dealing with all these issues. Right? Of mankind Just kind of losing it (laughs) over, you know, okay, so you brought us all the way out here, and there's Moses up there, and we don't know if he's coming back. So we better make a golden calf, right? Melt down all the jewelry. We better do it. We need this. This seems like it makes a lot of sense to us, right? This is what we do as humans. Even though God's done so much, we go, oh, he's not with us anymore. He's been with us this whole time, even though you're looking up at the cloud and you're eating some manna. I don't think God's with us anymore. Where's it, why does it taste like honey then? I don't know. Like, Who's flavoring this? Where Does, does bread come from nowhere? And we know they f- complained about it. We need meat. We need meat, right? And so he's like, okay, fine. Here's quail. And they're like just ripping into the quail. And they're all getting like, feeling gross because it's nasty because they didn't do it right. And it's like, come on, man. Be, just be stoked where you're at. And, and we're going to see that there was some very real consequences to choosing that unbelief. But anyway, all, he's laying all this out to say, like, none of this is uncommon to man. And if it happened to Israel, it can happen to you. This was God's chosen people who he rescued from Egypt. It can happen to you. He says but with most of them God was not pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness literally all but 2 were scattered <laughs> yeah maybe an over you know a little understatement that most of them right God was not pleased no why because of unbelief they were freed but they didn't get to see the promised land because of unbelief sin is a sign of unbelief right if we can boil it all down, you think, why did I do the thing I did? Because I thought I knew something better than God. I thought I knew how to cope with this better than he does. I thought I knew I could find what I was looking for better than what he said I should be looking for. Sin is a sign of unbelief. They are one and the same, really. right? Sin says, I'm God, I know better. I don't believe him. I don't believe he has what's best for me. I don't trust his plans. He's kind of a wild card a little bit. This is sin. This is what we see. He says, now all these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Said, this, this should be our example that we shouldn't be lusting for things when God is clearly put good things in front of us was lust is to want something you can't have, right? It's to like yearn for this thing. That's out there for you to want to try and get. They wanted what they didn't have. And and, and they were oblivious to how much they were blessed now. And that's, isn't that always the case too? A lot of times people will say like, you know, I I was looking for, I was looking for that one thing and I went and got it and I lost everything else. And that we've said that, that the Ken Kreekak said in marriage, you people cheat on their spouses for 20% that they don't get from their, from their wife or husband or whatever. And they get that 20% realize that they were getting 80% before. So they traded 80 for 20 for what reason? Because of lust. They miss out on everything else because of lust. This is what I want. I want that because it makes sense. Um, I'm lacking that thing in my life. So I'll go get that thing. Well, now that's the only thing you have. That is now the only thing you've had. You've lost everything else because of it. We uh, really need to learn to say no to ourselves. That's the best way to deal with lust, right? It's just you have to say no to yourself, which is not fun. Saying no is not super fun to other people. But it's a lot more fun to say no to other people than to yourself, right? I don't really want to say no to you, but better you than me, you know. No. No. And you say to yourself, no. Well, now, hold on. I got some reasons why this should be okay. You don't understand, man. You're right. Good point. Didn't think about it that way. But the idea is really... It's here in, uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. He says, For many walk, this is what Paul's trying to avoid. For many walk of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even weeping, they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things, and then he says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to start dealing with temptations. And he's gonna, he, and it's going to be all about the things that you crave in your belly. If you try not to eat a certain thing, you better believe that thing will show up in your life. Right? It's just going to happen. I just, okay, I'm trying to avoid fried foods. And it's like, we're having a fry party. And you're like... Didn't even know that was a thing. And now that's all I want, you know. You're going to make it. You're going to have to endure. You're going to have to say, you know what, I'm going to choose. No matter what. Okay, I'm not going to do it. Say no. And it's, this is, it's important to say no to yourself about stuff. Like, you know, no, don't do that. It's funny, I was mentioning last week how my alarm goes off at 5 in the morning. And, and I just sat there for like 40 minutes. Like, I'll just get up, I'll just get up, I'll just get up, I'll just get up, I'll get up. Yeah, I'll get up. Yeah, just in a little bit. Five more minutes. Two more minutes. One more minute. One more minute. One more minute. Three more minutes. Eight more minutes, right? Remember the snooze button that used to go nine, eight, seven, six, five? Did you guys do that? The snooze was like, uh-uh, no, you're not getting nine again. You're just going to nine. Now it's going to eight. And so you want to keep doing this? You're going to do it for one minute you really going to do it for one minute. I don't know what happens after the one. It's just like starts screaming, starts on fire. Now you're up, right? Lucas, uh, sent me a, a thing. Um, after I give the message on Sunday, he sent me this thing from this, um, Navy seal. And his whole thing was like, get up. And it's like a two minute thing. And it's, it's the most intense thing. He, this guy's mad at you for not, you know what I'm talking about, Jacob? It says, get out of bed right now. Wake up. You need to get up. You have till the count of, was it 10? He said counts to 10. You're like, Oh my goodness. I'm three again. You know, one, two. And he's like in the middle of it, you know, he's like, I know you're still not up. So I'm going to talk a little bit. I'm going to give you a little bit of time. I know you're still sitting there. Get out of bed. You are almost to seven, seven, you know, and it keeps on going and it's just like ramping up. And he says, 10, if you got up, then you passed the first test of the day. Good. Turn this off. If you didn't get up, Then you failed. You started the day off by failing the first test. You couldn't even get out of bed this morning. He's like, (laughs) and, and it's just sitting there. You're like, Oh my goodness. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm listening to it at night before I'm even asleep. And I'm like, should I even go to bed tonight? I feel like I feel guilty. And he's like, you wasting today. And he's saying you should get up at four in the morning. Okay, bud. All right. Take it easy. Do you have kids, man? All right. Or do you neglect them? I don't know. You get up, and he says, "Put water on your face and do ten burpees, and I guarantee you, you won't be tired." And you're like, "All right, man, got it." But the fact of the matter is, I thought it was really good because it says, you, "The only reason you're not getting up is because you don't want to, or you don't think it's important enough." It's amazing. The same people are like struggle, like, "I gotta get up. I gotta go to to this thing." They struggle to get up. Uh, they, but if it's golf or surfing. Or mountain biking or whatever it is. I don't know, whatever it is. You're just like oh, bing, you know, I actually woke up 15 minutes early. I'm ready to go. You know, you're out there polishing everything and getting it ready. Let's do it, man. <laughs> For our softball team, we're like, everybody's like 20 minutes early. <laughs> we like start church at 10. Everybody's in by 10 to 25. You're like, oh. so the, I get it though. I get it. Getting kids out the door, I get it. But it's funny, right, how it all works out. But get up, wake yourself up, let's go, charge it, man, you know. But really what it's doing is saying no to your laziness. He's like, you love your covers, it's so warm, it's so nice. I should have played it. You guys would be like, so bummed, you know. The legalistic church makes me wake up at four in the morning. But the idea of of what is being said by Paul in Philippians is your God is your belly means all you do is serve yourself and your appetites. You have become a slave to your appetites. This is not good. People who become a slave to their appetites, that you know full well, that is not living. That is slavery. And so Paul, in that... I mean, those verses are gnarly. He's saying, like, they've become enemies of the cross of Christ because this has taken such deep root in their lives that they've missed out on what this is ever even supposed to be about. They have lived for this world. They've set their mind on earthly things, not on the things which are above, right? For our citizenship is in heaven. You've chosen this world over heaven. This is what saying no looks like. I will choose the better thing. I will choose the more valuable thing over the quick, easy thing. There's value to that. So he's kind of talking along those lines. And do not become, verse 7, idolaters as... Were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Your your freedom or your rights can become an idol. The second it's lifted above uh, obedience to God uh, or love to others, it has become an idol. Your rights, your freedoms, all of these things. It easily becomes an idol, and we say, idol worship, you know, we don't have idol worship nowadays, you know. We don't have, I don't have an idol, you know, in my house. I have, you know, I just have an idol in my life. It's different, right? He says, nor let us, verse 9, nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. This is from Numbers 21. That's kind of the idea where uh, it describes the incident, Guzik says, in response Uh, to the complaining of the people, God sent the fiery serpents among the people. Again, their complaining hearts show them self-focused and more concerned on their own desires than God's glory. Anytime you get stuck on yourself, you're going to miss out on everything. Because when you're stuck on yourself, everybody in the world is dumb, right? You're the only one that makes sense, right? You're the only one that's worthwhile. You're the only one that actually gets it. It's just you, right? And and you know what? The reason they don't get along with me is because they just aren't on my level. Get on my level, you know, then we can talk. But you'll never get there. No one will. Because you are God in your life. And everybody really is here to serve you, right? So there you go. Uh, verse 10. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition. Upon the ends of the age, uh, have upon the ends of the age have come. Complaining in the midst of such provision is so, is so not good, right? You think about complaining when God has like pulled you out of slavery. And remember, they said that. Like, remember when we were back there, we would be able to eat the meat, and we would be able to. Oh, remember how good it was back in slavery. You're like, no, it was not good. It was, it was terrible. They could kill you. They could, they would, you had no rights. You had no freedom. You had no nothing. They was, you were in bondage, and yet you look back on that like that was a good time. It's easy to do that, right? To think, oh, the good old days. May God bless you. If that's your mindset, may God bless you with the eyes open as to what the good old days were really like. Because they were not what you thought they were, right? You think, oh, man, you know, I had so much freedom. I had so much this, or I had so much that. You know, like that's, do you remember the pain? Do you remember how hard it was? Do you remember what it felt like to be in bondage, to be enslaved? This is not where we need to be. And we have this example, right? He gives us this example. I want you guys to see all this as an example, So that it doesn't happen to you, so that that complaining doesn't lead to idolatry and in, in turn destruction in your life. The fact of the matter is God has time and time rescued you and, and, and restored, and right? Is there anyone in here that doesn't believe in that? That God is a redeemer and that God is a restorer and God is a rescuer? How many times has he had to come in and get you? How many times has he offered grace for you? How many times has he... So it's like, why would we ever want to run from that? The world is the exact opposite. Why would we want to run to here? Where where do we run to? That's, that's really the key thing here. Where do you run to? Verse 12, he says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. This is beautiful. Remember... One of the major issues in the church in Corinth and, and our day and basically all days since the beginning is there was a major arrogance though in Corinth. Like, remember they were so arrogant that they like were questioning Paul, like, Paul, yeah, great. Yeah. He gave us a start. God bless him for that. But I don't think he really knew that much. Just a man just like us. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a man. But he was pretty lit up and definitely established churches and definitely has uh, been a big influence on your life. Def, you know, there was like this this lack of authority that they, they didn't want to obey. They didn't want to give honor. And so they thought they were something. This is really called to humility. You are not safe on your own. How many times have you had it? I mean, I... I Personally, so many times I, I remember, especially in my younger days, I think, "All right, I've got it." <laughs> I've you know, so much time has passed before I've had an issue with whatever it was, and you fill in almost any blank, right? <laughs> and, and and I'm good now. And I, it seriously would be within the day; it would all fall apart. You know, I've made it. You know, yeah. No, oh, I got it now. Finally, got it. Finally, got into that place. You think you're wise. You think you stand. It's easy to fall. The moment you've got it is the moment you become the most vulnerable. Adam Clark said it like this. The highest saint under heaven can stand no longer than he depends upon God and continues in the obedience of faith. He that ceases to do so will fall into sin and get a darkened understanding of a, and a hardened heart. You think you, you think you can do it on your own? Or you think you've got like a special rule book where you kind of can play both worlds well? This is, this is a recipe to fall hard. You, why do you say this? Why would I say this? Why do we bring this up? Why do I have to tell myself this? It's because, man, you don't want to fall. You don't want to see this destruction in your life. You don't want to see it go down this way. And, and in honoring God and you seeing Him do it, you, your, your eyes are different. When you think you stand, you think, I stand. I'm a self-made man. I can stand on my own. Why can't other people stand on their own? Get up. Let's go. See, that that is just as toxic as what happens right after that. Because you're telling men to have trust in themselves. And everyone around you, why don't you just be more like me? Man up, men. Yeah, no, there's a degree of that. I get that to a certain extent. Like, okay, just just... Don't be a slave to everything. But realize who's the one that's going to give you power to do it. It's God that's going to do it. And then that changes our whole way of dealing with each other. It's like, look, you're caught. I get it. Been there. Done that. Would be there again today. There by the grace, therefore the grace of God go I. I would be there in a second without him. I know it because I have been there. I do understand. So do you know what you got to do? You got to get your eyes off the problem. Get your guys your eyes off the sin itself. And focus on him. Because he's the one that will sustain you. That will take you through. Just keep your eyes on him. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. Teaching a child to ride a bike. Right? And you, the, the worst thing they could do is put their... Look down at like the... Right straight down at their front tire it's like the bad thing right just look ahead out in the horizon kind of smooths everything out look at where you want to go i've mentioned that before don't look at where you don't want to go look at where you do want to go but you take that and it kind of settles everything out you know like okay kind of just keep going don't worry or, and even if you're with them you're like come come to me like with a kid learning how to walk right just look at me look at me just come on come on don't look at your feet Oh, that's that's a problem. Oh, look at me, look at me. This is cool, right? That's how I broke my toe doing that running, right? I mentioned that story before. Smashed my toe because I was looking at how fast I was running and thinking it was awesome, and ran right into a brick wall and broke my toe. And then had to get up so quick so no one saw it, and had to hustle off like the IE, like with this, you know, what's up, you know? (laughs) I'm good. This, this is because you're not looking at where you're supposed to be looking. Oh, this is really great. You know, I got to make sure my feet don't hit anything. So I'm going to look at them real close. Little do I know I'm not looking at the thing I'm going to hit. This is like, okay, why don't you just keep your eyes on me and I'll lead you. Just follow me. Trust me. And those of you, we, you know, if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, you know, looking at the problem of sin is like, I'm just not going to do this today. Yes, that's what I'll do. Every time I think about it, Not this, not this, not this, not this. Like that, is way, that thing is too much in your vocabulary. It is, it is on your mind constantly. Look at God. Look to him. He's the one that will save you, sustain you, everything. Verse 13, he says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. Now, this has kind of two parts to it. One... Your temptation isn't special or the extra hard kind, right? Sometimes we think that, like, your temptation is simple because I have no problems with your temptation. My temptation, however, is very difficult. You wouldn't understand. And so there's a little more grace with mine than yours. Get it? Mine's the hard one. Yours is the easy one. Get it together. But mine, oh, no, this takes time. This is a hard kind of temptation. You with your easy one looking at me have no idea what i'm going through no 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 what's paul saying no temptation is overtaking you except as common to man they're all the same they manifest themselves in different ways but the the base of it all is the same right it's man saying i am hungry for that i will take it mankind man woman we're all we're all sinners (laughs) But the other part of it, which is kind of like a little bit more of a positive spin, I guess, is that we are all in this together. We can all understand, man, you know what? We need to be a grace community, (laughs) a gracious community, because everybody in here struggles and everybody in here is tempted. And everybody in here has had to go through stuff and is and can go through stuff. And we're all in it together. So when you're feeling weak, you let me know and I'll lean in with you and we'll, I'll help you focus on Jesus together. And then when I'm feeling weak, you'll do the same. Okay. Just, just go with me. Let's do it together. So there's, there's the two parts of it. You're not special. You don't have some crazy temptation that like only you, Oh God's like, Oh, I gave him. Yeah. That temptation. No, that one, that one's different. That one is, you can't get through that one. There's just no way the other ones, hundred percent, the ones you don't struggle with. Those ones are easy. Yeah, for sure. Because I think that's what they thought. But he said, God, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Now, we see even in temptation, it's not God's idea, but that he has a bit of a filter on it as to how much you're going to get. Even though temptation is not his idea, it is a amazing tool in his hand, right? Right? Like tempt, like God can use it, especially when you are able to go through it and make, you know, you grow through it to bear it as we're going to see in a minute. But he's going to not tempt you beyond what you're able. And you're like, I remember reading this verse. It's not true because I have been where it's beyond what I'm able. No, it's not beyond what you're able. It's beyond what you decided to be able. There's always a way out. seems not to be the case. But if we always could look back with honesty, we'd say, you know what? I saw the moment where I made the decision to do the thing I did, to choose that way. There was a way out. Now, the way out doesn't usually look like a shining door with like an escalator that you're going to like cruise out. Through. See you. <laughs> See you, Satan. I'm out of here. You know, like. This is a, uh, or like a time machine or something, and and you're, it's just gone, and you're like, oh, thanks, Lord, for delivering me. It's like, yeah, it's a little more than that. Uh, but he says, that, but that the temptation will also make, but with the temptation, he will also make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. Now, the way of escape, I thought was interesting. Barclay put it like this. He called it that it was more like a mountain pass. <laughs> You guys know anything about mountain passes? They sound like kind of cool and stuff. Do you know what a mountain pass is like? It's gnarly, right? That's like four-wheel drive zone, right? It's a mountain pass. This is how you can pass through the mountain. You might live. You might – who knows what's going to happen. This is not like the cruiser road. It's not like, you know, the fake trails. You know, it's like, it's dirt, but it's basically the same as concrete. It's packed perfectly. Like, this is so nice. Look at the succulents lining this thing. It's a mountain pass. You know, it's going to get crazy. It's going to get gnarly. And it's not always going to be the easiest thing to get through. But the, the fact of the matter is, there is a way of escape. What's interesting, I think, sometimes we think about temptation is, like, how is my desire going to be fulfilled? So, like, is God going to take away the desire? Well, the way we de- the desire generally is fulfilled is, or filled, is to give in to sin. Could it be that that desire is not supposed to be filled? That you're supposed to move on from there? And that there might be some lingering of, like, oh, I feel like I didn't get everything I wanted right there. And he's like well done. You did not want that. You think you did, but you didn't. Remember maybe back in the day when we thought candy was totally good for you when you were a kid, everything was different. It was like, oh, you just might mess up your teeth. And now we're like high fructose corn syrup. Ah, you know, we were just, you know, eat candy, right? Halloween. Anyway, I, I, I did. I mean, (laughs) as a kid, it was like in the, grew up in the, eighties and nineties, I was just like, I remember I had my own, my parents didn't limit anything. It was like, that's your candy. You take it. Just as long as it didn't come from the house down the street where the wrappers open and there's a plastic bag, it's in a plastic bag. We'll take that one. Um, Here you go. Here's your candy. And I remember sitting in my room and being like, I don't really even like Tootsie Rolls and just eating them anyway. This one's gross, but I'll eat it. You know, and you just be you just be flying through that stuff, you know? And you, whatever, juju beans, whatever, just the most garbage, sorry, I'm sorry, if you like this stuff, that's, no, good and plenty, that's the one. Who likes good and plenty? Is anybody? Okay, good. If you like black licorice, I'm sorry, Sabrina, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> I'm kidding. If you like black licorice, it is good. But uh, you're, it's a thing where you're going through it and you're eating it and you're like, I don't even like three musketeers, but I'm eating them. And, oh, whatever. And, and it's like, yeah, I kind of feel bad, but not really. I mean, it's like how I feel all the time because I just eat candy. It's okay. I'll wash it down with Dr. Pepper and everything will be good. Or, or yeah, even better. How about some peach iced tea? That has more sugar than Dr. Pepper. Anyway, let's, uh, <laughs> That's aside from the point. But the fact of the matter is, if you have a sweet tooth, it's a sweet tooth. You want sweets, right? Well, after a while, you don't have, maybe you don't have that, you kind of grow up and you're like, man, I don't like my stomach hurting. And I really don't like three Musketeers. Not three Musketeers. Sorry. I do like that. It's what is the one I don't like? No, it is three Musketeers. Yes. I like baby roots. Never Um, three Musketeers. You're like, I don't really like that. And so then candy is put in front of you and you look at it and you go, yeah, I remember what that tastes like, but I don't like the way it makes me feel. My hunger has changed. You hear this all the time. People are like, I would never eat a vegetable. And they start eating vegetables and you're like, I, this is so good. Like I, I feel so good. And my taste buds change. And you start seeing things differently. So it's not necessarily that your desire is going to be fulfilled in the moment, but that your desires will change over time by saying no to something. You get it? People don't just generally like wake up and, and go out. We've said the thing before, run. That is something that you build. Before you know it, you wake up and you want to do it. You want to go for it. The things that are hard are the things that are important in life. I say there's nothing important that isn't kind of difficult, right? To a certain extent. And what does Paul say? What's what's the goal? Of all of this, that you may be able to bear it, not that it would disappear from your life, but that you would be able to bear when temptation comes and you'd be able to walk through it and not get picked off by it. I thought it was really interesting. And again, I was listening to Guzik and he had mentioned that uh, on this side of eternity is the only time we'll be able to endure temptation for God's glory. To be able to help people, to be able to reach out to people, to be able to endure on this side. its There's something about it that is, it is a hard but yet beautiful time where we are, act, our faith is active. Our faith is, it is available and it is, it, it becomes very clear as to what it's made of when stuff comes your way. So it's it's, I think it's just good to know like, man, you know what? It's not all going to be good for us on this side of eternity. It's not all going to be easy. It's not all going to be perfect. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be things your body really wants, but your body really doesn't want. You think you want it, but you don't want what's coming right after it, right? Because maybe one day you go, oh, I loved these candies when I was a kid, which I have done, Right? Twizzlers, oh yeah, just start pounding them. Red vines, whatever. You're like, oh, that is good. Sour patch kids, you know, those kind of things. And then afterwards you're like, oh, that was not good. My desire was for that. It seemed like it was going to fill something, but it left a bigger hole than, it, than I had before. This is us. This is where we're at. He wants us to bear. Doesn't that sound like Jesus. Bearing. Actually, don't don't we have that terminology? Bearing the cross, despising the shame. Bearing through situations. Like going through it. For me, it's actually helpful to know that's a thing. Because sometimes we think, well, if my life isn't perfect and I don't feel completely like everything's the way it's supposed to be, then, you know, I must be outside of God's will. Because he only does really, really good things. That's true. He does. But on this side of eternity, it's, it's messed up, man. It is a messed up world we live in. And us being able to just stand and to bear through these seasons with our eyes fixed on Him, that is glory in Him. And People see it. They'll recognize it. So, uh, a couple things this morning. If you feel like you're just bearing, and you're like, I don't feel like this is exactly what I want or whatever. Good. Keep going. Keep trusting God. That's awesome. For those of you maybe are thinking like, you know what? I'm caught and I've never said no to my stump, to my belly. I've never said no to myself. There is a better way. And it is in front of you. There is an option. Will it be easy? Eyes wide open. You know, I'm, I remember seeing something from like a church and it said like, come to the most ridiculously awesome church because we think you're awesome. And I'm like, oh. Oh, I'll never go to you because I don't know what to do with that. You know, like, who are you people like that are like, you know, this is a place for only awesome people. But guess what? You're awesome. And you're like, oh, you're a snakes oil salesman. I know it. You know, anyway, ma- maybe it's a good church. I don't know. But I'm just like, whenever I see that, I'm just like, man, where's the reality? Like, what did the church look like 2000 years ago? Oh, it's not like that. I mean, anyway, but. The fact of the matter is, eyes wide open, it's, there's a difficulty there. But it is, this is life. Following Jesus. Through it all. The good, the bad. And growing to become more accustomed to his taste than anything the world can offer. It all starts with one step. But it continues with constant steps. Walking with him. Following him. Seeking him eyes on him it's only he can do it this is not thing where you go all right i'm just gonna get tough and i'm gonna make it happen no only he can do it he can do it in you draw close to him spend time with him read pray ask for help from him and others around you (laughs) tell them what's going on in your life give people an opportunity to pray for you get involved get invested and walk a new path one that doesn't lead to, uh, I said yes again and I blew it again. Bummer. God has a better. There's a better way, and He has a He is a, a call for each and every person in here for good works that He's created for us to walk in His workmanship, His poema, His masterpiece, because He loves you and He's got good things for you. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you for this time. Uh, Each person here again, Lord, they are all your masterpieces. And we all want to walk in that. We want to be the best. uh, You have to get up and you have to do it. And it might, your body might say, I hate this. I hate you right now. You know, you got to keep going. You got to say, body, you are wrong. I actually, this is a good thing. I need this. You're telling me to stop because you like being comfortable, tough luck, onward and upward, right? If we want to follow Jesus, he's going to be called into some waters that are a little bit uh, scary, (laughs) sketchy. There's nothing better we can do than follow him, though. There's nothing safer. There's nothing better. There's nothing more worthwhile. There's nothing more challenging. (laughs) But it's beautiful. Follow Jesus. Let's do it. Run to win. It's good. Let's pray. We're going to close up in some worship here. I have Rich come back up, and then afterwards I think we're going to pray. Cameras can be heading out for a little while. Can we, if you guys all want to join around, we're going to pray for him and Anna. They're doing servicemen, so maybe if you guys want to jump in, if you are down, that'd be cool. And then we got bagels afterwards. A lot of them, remember I said that, so we can all pray. All right. Uh, grab some bagels and eat, and enjoy some fellowship. But let's just let's just pray right now, Lord. We thank you so much for.